Betrayers and Makeout Artists. Pass your friends the unleavened bread. Careful when dipping your hand into the dish. And oh, yes, this is most certainly the cup of a carpenter. Because it's time to talk tall to me. He chose poorly. <laughs> Welcome back, I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Momes. And this, my trusted advisors, is Talk Tall to Me. A feckless feast on the night of Prague Passover, in which Nut Paste Nick and Olive Oil Omen will join in companionship while having a little taste of every single song that ritually sacrificed rock band Jethro Tull has ever laid out upon the communal table. We shall suck upon the delicious David Goodyear grapes, have a heaping handful of Scott Hammond hummus, and become flatulent after too greedily devouring the rich Florian fruits. And if we keep an eye on the body language and social cues, we may be able to prove once and for all that, based on the work of da Vinci's Hammer Codex, the figure to the right hand of Jesus in the Last Supper, thought for years to be a depiction of St. John, is in fact Mary Magdalene. You can tell by the lack of the beard, the long hair, the way the figure holds the flute while standing on one leg, the way the figure is farming salmon and reading Robert Burns. Yes, the Illuminati were correct all this time. It's... Oh, no. False alarm. It's, it's just Ian Anderson. Probably Ian Anderson. That was very good. That was a good one. A fun, different thing for you. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. A little sp- keeps things spicy. You described the perfect supper of just like a charcuterie board. <laughs> the last charcuterie board. The last. <laughs> that was actually the the story before the last supper, and then it follows with the last cheese course. Right. The last digestivo. <laughs> They just keep stretching it out. Yeah, they don't want it to end. Speaking of not wanting it to end, Nick, we are well into the second or third course of the Zealot Gene. I would safely say that, yeah. I mean, we've only got, what, three songs left? Today we are talking track number eight. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we've got four after this, so we're not that far in. Track number eight, we are on The Betrayal of Joshua Kind. A spicy meat it is. How do we feel about that? I think let's find out together. I think that's a great idea, actually. Should we have a listen? I think we should. Before this three days is out, one of you will have a listen. (laughs) Not saying who. You can tell who had a listen because I will kiss them in their ear. (laughs) and said that was the betrayal of joshua kind yes it was that was uh, that was also rock and roll i believe it has been thoroughly diagnosed as such yes that was how do you how, what is just just speaking musically what's the song do to you from a physical reaction standpoint well i i don't think that i've ever listened to this song out of context slash like the the flow of that second half of the album which just like fits so perfectly 
So when I started listening to it today and I heard those intro drums, I was like, what what song is this? I yeah, don't think yeah. I've ever heard this before. It's it's really a it's it's a darn good song. It it's difficult not to bop to. It's got a driving rhythm. Very boppable. Very boppable. But it also has a darkness to the sound that I really enjoy. I love a good dark song, as we've heard so far. I like the dark meat. Once you've gone dark song, you can't go back. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's pulling it out of that context and listening to it and really being able to sit and absorb it and experience it. It's a darn good song. It really it holds up on its own. Yes, yes, it does. Does not require anything around it, but fits in beautifully with what's on either side of it. Right, right. I'm thinking of what's coming up next, which is what is it? Where did Saturday go? I think yes. is the next one. Yes. Thinking about like we've been saying, I think a lot recently how this one ends and how where did Saturday go begins. I can feel that continuation, but I don't need that continuation. It doesn't leave me unsatisfied like earlier pieces have left me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it's clean, it's precise, it's got a lot of good effect in there. It's not lacking anything. The music is very well balanced. I hear everybody, they're all doing a damn good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to break down the individual musicians. There's something musical thematically about this song that I really like, and that is that there's a lot of playing on the 16th notes. So the song is in 8-8, eight, eight, mm. or 4-4, four, four, kind of. It's in, okay. it's in a common time signature. There may be one or two places where there's some playing around with the time signature, or maybe an extra beat, subtracting a beat, but it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, seems it. Which is very interesting for a song about betrayal. Oh. Because you almost, wow. I almost expect that there's going to be, you know, the the treacherous hand that steals a beat somewhere or inserts one where there one where there shouldn't be but it's it's so straight hmm. and the piano and the drums so the beat is kind of like 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 yeah. often the piano is going dun 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 it's playing each one of those notes on a chord you can sense it, can't you? There's always someone to spoil the party fun. Yeah, piano's great in this. Piano is really good. It's really delightful. And then, of course, we have some moments of the piano soloing, which are really special, really bittersweet, a glimmer of, mm-hmm. a glimmer of um, something pure and, and beautiful in this, in this world that's a little bit grimy. I, I think... I think each one of the instruments and the music choices really do really do work into the story of this song context-wise yes, lyrically. Yes. We'll get into it, but boy does like there's a there's a plaintiveness, there's a sadness, but an awareness, almost a resignation. But there's still like this is still early enough in the story that there's a bit of sorrow. There's acceptance later on, which we'll get into some of the later songs, but like this really tells a story, this song. There's also, you mentioned the drums coming in. Whoa! The drums. <laughs> it's funny because they arrive out of context and you're just, you just have a moment of like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to find out. <laughs> and I don't, yes. you know, the here drums, we go. <laughs> they start, and you're like, this, 
this could be a minute and a half of just these drums. Yeah. And then we have a little flute tease. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like a false start or a prefiguration. Mm. And then we jump in with the bass, the flute, that wonderful piano riff. I love the flute. Yeah. Works so well with that really heavy snare underneath it. Yes. The, the snare the whole way through. It just really balances everything. And then when the when the piano comes in too and Ian's singing and it's the, that really bright bump, 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 but like you were saying, but still that snare is just hauling away on the bottom. What a, God, oof. This is... I think the first song that is really, like, all the music is amazing, of course, always. But this one is really, really touches me musically, I think. Show me on the sheet music where, <laughs> where the music touched you. It was near the coda. Ooh. There's something... That means that... you have to go around to the back? <laughs> you go around again. Yeah. There's something about this song that feels very theatrical. Like, I, mm-hmm. I could see... The new, I know there's already a Jesus musical. Are you saying Jesus Christ Superstar? That one. Yeah, okay. Donny Osmond, you could see Donny Osmond singing this. I could, yeah. I could see it. There's something very rock and roll about the figure of Jesus that Ian is presenting here. And I'm here for it. There's a comic called Punk Rock Jesus. I've never read it, but there is one called that. Well, and Jesus was, in the way that we understand punk and rock and roll, you know, Jesus was an iconoclast who yeah. he said, yeah, everything up until this point has been one way. I'm, I'm doing something completely different. And if you yeah. need to kill me about it, okay. He stuck it to the man. He big time stuck it to the man and then, and then stuck it to the man even more and then kind of set the situation for some men's to do the sticking. I think unintentionally. Yeah. The man stickers, you know, you know who I mean. Right. But he certainly, that's the abuse of the idea of this punk rock figure, unfortunately. Jesus, what have they done? Put him in your golden cage. Locked him in his golden cage. Yeah. Rocked him in his golden cage. That's good. It's like the groupies of like a rock band just starting a riot. You know, the rock band's up there rocking out. The followers are the ones who do the damage. Yeah. Yeah. So so the Jesus groupies are the ones who have caused it's like the it's like the groupies thousands of years. Bought Jesus' music mm-hmm. and then sold it per play at a really exorbitant price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then bought a lot of land and used sure. that to subsidize themselves for a couple thousand years. Touched a little bit on Spotify there, and then it went elsewhere, so... You know, this metaphor may not have legs. The Catholic Church is Spotify in this instance, is that what you're saying? Yeah, let's okay. say that. Spotify does have its own sovereign nation, though, so... Does it? It's right outside of the Vatican. Oh, it doesn't, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really am enjoying the bass on this song. That's the one that I didn't, re- like, really clock onto. I'll have to, go- I'll go back and focus on it. I-, I think it really depends on your headphone settings... What I've been listening to on it recently, I was able to hear it really nicely. And there's even some times when you know the really complicated riff, the ticka 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 There's some times when the bass is 
maybe not playing that exactly in unison, but playing enough of that, maybe every other note, that it sounds like the bass is playing. It's pretty glorious. Yeah, Florian's ripping in this. Super, super rippy. Very nice. Two minutes and 10 seconds. This is perhaps my favorite Florian solo yet. Nice, nice. Yeah, he really, he really steps up. It's not too like I'm trying to play rock and roll. It feels like there's a lot of there's a lot of life behind it. There's a lot of personality there. Like at this point, we know, I don't know this this pedal, this setting on the guitar. This is that grungy sound that I think I can expect from Florian, and I guarantee you we're gonna hear it. Oh no, we won't hear it because it's Joe Parrish James. Oh no, <laughs> it would work really well. In rock, rock flute. Florian, we, we hardly knew ye. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was just a tour musician. He, he got 11 of 12 tracks on this one. I do really like his solo on this. I, it's interesting to observe that it's, it's composed of these short bursts. Mm-hmm. He sort of yeah. makes a statement, and then, he, and then it's silent for a second. And then he, he works it up, and then he does it again. To me, that very much feels like if we're taking the Peter and the Wolf you know, every instrument is a is a character in this song. Yeah. The electric guitar feels to me like the Judas character. Yes, 1,000%, yes. Yeah. The, like, emo, screaming passion in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Torn by decision and indecision and eventually falling on the wrong side of things. The silver side. The silver side. Always on the silver side of life. That's crazy, you know... Oh, we'll talk about this more, but I think it's intentional storytelling-wise that it's silver. You mean on the Bibles? In the case of the Bible? In the case of the Bible, yeah. Or in the case of Matthew, let's say. My Bible case is right here. It's made of mahogany and velvet lined. (laughs) It's fireproof and bulletproof. Uh, Yeah. Because silver is the lesser of the precious metals. (laughs) Precious metals. And, you know, he traded the gold of Jesus' teachings Mm. and the gold of Jesus' friendship for the silver of earthly attachment. Yeah. I think there's a little level, and we see it in the lyrics as well, should I be flattered at the price upon my head. Should I be flattered at this price upon my head? I think there's a little level of like, he's not worth that much. We'll get him eventually. Hmm. So we'll give you this much to get him now, or you can F off, we'll kill you, and then we'll find him and kill him. Yeah, interesting. I think it's the value of Jesus to the Romans. Well, interested to get into that section all in a minute. Anything else to say musically? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Guitar and drums, amazing. Really, really love that piano. Really, what a treat that piano is to just like... Ooh, yes. Very unique sound for what we've heard thus far to really yeah. hear it so prominent. Draw, again, that the, the starting and ending of the drums, that little fake, fake out close that goes right back into that kind of repetition of the final 
just the idea of of that that kind of musical theme of Joshua Kind could have ended at that one at about three looks about like three twenty or three forty or so. Uh huh. And then it picks up and then finishes with another like 40, 40 seconds. And it's great. It's great. I love I love that that additional bump. Oh, by the way, we have this much more in us. And at the very end, that bump ba dum bump ba dum. They repeat that three times, and it, mm-hmm. it it's exciting because you it could be like you said, it could end after that first one. It could end after the second mm-hmm. one. It could take more than the third one. Yeah, it's so skillful. It's it's um. It's exciting. There's something very exciting about this song. Yeah. And then it also ends on like a bit of a sour note, doesn't it? One of them is a bit sour. Dun 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 dun. Very final. At the top of the last verse, so the last verse that we have before the end chorus, how does it feel to point the stabbing finger? How does it feel to point the stabbing finger? We have some really fun moments of the band cutting out, kind Mm -hmm. of just coming in for one shpam, and then it gets back in. Sorry, it's that part is just so powerful. It's great, and that that was the point where I was like, "Oh, this is a big, you know, end of Act One musical number." Or is this end of Act Two almost? You know, and the rest is just kind of wrap up. I don't know. Maybe not. You seem befuddled. I'm second guessing my... my <laughs> I would make my this theory. the end of act one. Yeah. Because if you look at it like Hamilton, you know, I think Jesus dies at the end of act one. And then the end of act two, everyone's like, what could they possibly do? And then you have some really great stuff. He comes back. You know, the he finally ascends. And the last scene is all is everyone being like, oh, what do we do now? Are you talking about just the, the, the progression story of Jesus or per, specifically how it fits in musically in this song? The, the musical storytelling, the, the arc that we're on with these next couple of songs. I have lost the thread. Okay. But I, I guess I was thinking of the story of Jesus. Okay, I was thinking the other way around, so that's fine. If you guys want to send us thread in the mail, Reach out to us. Let us know. You can send us thread via email at moms at fecklessmoms.com. Actually, attach your longest thread to a letter. Keep mm-hmm. the spool and mail it. And enjoy watching it unspool. Yeah, we'll see where it ends up. And we'll follow that thread to the end. Like Theseus. That's right. That's right, we will. Don't get lost in that that maze, that labyrinth. Yeah, final thoughts about the Minotaur Omen. It is... A delight. This song gets my heart pumping. It's hard not to air drum to. It's great. Yeah. I, 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 I guess this might be one of my favorite songs on the album so far. I did not realize it until now. It is. I, I would put it up there. I mean, In Brief Visitation will forever and always oh, be in my heart. It's so gorgeous. I will weep when we talk about it. But this one, yeah, this one's up there for completely opposite reasons, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Shall we dive into the halfway mark? What do you think? Let's do it. Here we are, halfway. We are inside of a marshmallow factory, and it is sweet and soft. Oh, 
Oh, thank God they're soft. That's the landing pad, yeah. yeah. So we have ourselves an email from return writer inner friend of the pod at this point, Folky Phil. Folky Phil. Folky Phil. Welcome. Chimes in with some information regarding Mrs. Tibbetts. Oh, lovely. At this point, it's been a little bit chronologically, but we they collect it. I can't help when they come in. I can't help it. Just bear with us. So th this uh, the email itself is entitled Eccles Cakes. Oh, yes, yes. Regarding the reference to Eccles Cakes in Mrs. Tibbetts, this confused me too at first. Oh, I'll finish this email and then we'll talk about it. This confused me too at first, but a bit of lateral thinking led me to this conclusion. Eccles, home of the cakes, is a town situated in Greater Manchester in Northern England, which is about 50 miles from Tull's place of origin, Blackpool. Manchester is not only the home of current cakes, it is also the birthplace of nuclear physics. It was there that Ernest Rutherford first split the atom in 1917. So my guess is that the reference to Eccles cakes is a reference to Manchester's role in the development of the atomic bomb. Whoa. It's a bit of a stretch, but I can't think of any other connection. And I said like that, I think that's really mind blowing. I, that can't be coincidental. There's no way. That's the thing. Anytime that we have discovered a reference that we think is just thrown in for fun in Tull, yeah. it usually has something deeper behind it. Which, that's why I got excited at the beginning of the email. I remembered, it made me remember, in the Discord, Feckless Mom, like the day uh, the day after the this episode dropped, she said, Mrs. Tibbetts' little boy, the bombs were big, like big boy and little boy or something. That's yes. what the bombs' names were. Yes, so that's yes. what the little boy is. I mean, obviously, the 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 flyer of the plane, the pilot, is Mrs. Tibbetts' little boy. But there are these, gosh darn, amazing layers. So brilliant, so so clever and and crazy. And I don't know why that didn't click because I think we knew that. You know, uranium is also produced in cakes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yellow cake uranium. Yeah. It's fat man and little boy. So obvious. It was right there. It completely, completely glossed over it, unfortunately. But yeah. And that's fun fact. That's also what Jethro Tull's song Fat Man is about. <laughs> I don't want to be a nuclear bomb. Who does? Yeah, right? Yeah, that works. Well, thank you so much, Folky Phil, for that geographical, gastronomical, physicist entangling historical <laughs> view of the Eccles cake. Brilliant. Really, I mean, that's so cool. I, we really appreciate you writing in with that little tidbit. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like you said, it may seem like a stretch, but it, there, it also is just like way too convenient to be just a coincidence, you know? And it's just some of these references that we wouldn't know because we are but too... Two little boys in America. Two little brain cells bouncing around yeah. like a screensaver on a black screen. <laughs> Playing Pong. Yeah. Sometimes we intersect. Thank you, Folky Phil. Please never stop writing in. Thank you. We also have a lovely five-star review. Yay. 
from Mitch in Michigan, who writes, title, Too Old to Rock and Roll, Too Young to Quit Listening. Love it. Perfect. Well, I just recently found you two. I have been listening to and attending Jethro Tull concerts since 1973. I and others like me consider Thick as a Brick to be a work of art, a masterpiece, not just a great album. At this time, I am only up to Aqualung in your series and have enjoyed your thoughts every time I walk my daughter's dog. Those are long walks for that dog. That's lucky pooch. Some have made me laugh out loud. Some, not so much. (laughs) Read or miss. I have learned a few interesting tidbits about my favorite band along the way, and I hope to learn more. My fondness for the band album-wise quit with Stormwatch, but maybe you'll change my mind. Keep it up, guys. I just wish you would play more of the song you feature that week, Mitch in Michigan. Thank you, Michigan. Appreciate it. You will hear this in three years. Hopefully you catch up sooner than that, but you'll you'll get here. Uh, this is a time capsule. If you hear it any sooner, that dog is going to be fit. Oh my gosh. Belly rubs and stick chasing. Yes, we do eventually start, at, I do start eventually adding more music to the pieces. You will see that evolution and progression. When I stop being afraid of Jethro Tull, that's when I start to... <laughs> We're slightly limited in how much we can really play on the pod uh, because of the law and and sample stuff. So we, we Nick tries to keep it under a certain limit, but you can always flip back and forth between, I like to imagine our listeners sitting down with the podcast open on one knee and the source material on another knee. And you just bounce back and forth or just play the song of the day the song of the week, just on repeat, quietly underneath the episode. Yeah, you surely will not drive yourself mad doing that. Or your wife, who inevitably does not like Jethro Tull. (laughs) Mitch, we really appreciate you writing in, really appreciate you listening. I hope that you keep it up as well, and I hope that we can convince you. I hope we can hook you to stay past Stormwatch. I really encourage you to listen to A, although if you're listening to my voice, then you already will have done that. (laughs) Yes, I think we do. I think we do A and under wraps. I think we do those episodes quite a justice. I did not like those albums before we did them, and now I do. Now I go back to them and listen to them. Speaking of a justice, we're going to adjust this part of the podcast so it's more comfortable. <laughs> well, I'll I'll take a seat on this marshmallow. You take a seat on that one, and we'll discuss the context, the lyrics of "Betrayal of Joshua Kind." <sighs> That was what a marshmallow sit sounds like. Yeah, no, I figured, yeah. Here we are, Omen, the second half of this episode. The context. As if the meat and potatoes were not enough of the music. Yeah. Now the marshmallows of this this context. Okay, yeah, so this is arguably has to do with the most one of the most famous kisses in history and I'm not talking about Madonna and Britney Spears. That's exactly the one that I was going to reference so that really is a famous kiss. <laughs> really, yeah. It's even more famous than Captain Kirk and 
Transmissions Lieutenant O'Hara. Yeah, that is also pretty famous. Yeah, Very famous. What other famous kisses can you think of? <sighs> there must have been like two men kissing recently in the last couple of years that was like, oh, a big deal. Yeah, I wonder what the same what the first same sex same sex kiss on national television was. Yeah. Without it being like sexy women kissing because that's okay, you know. Uh, yeah, not the porn channel. Yeah, sexy women can kiss, but also they don't have to be sexy. Savory men can kiss, you know. Anybody can kiss whatever they want. And sweet men can kiss as long as both sides are happy about it and consenting. Speaking of consent, we have the passage referenced by Ian Anderson underneath the title, which is Matthew 26, lines 14 through 16. Nick, would you care to do the honors? I would love to. I would love to. You have the job experience for this anyway. I do, yes. I was I was an altar boy, and I was confirmed Catholic. I never got to read, do any of the reading. And now, you're an altar man. <laughs> I had my, had my, my altar bat mitzvah. <laughs> Okay, this is a quick one, quick little snippet here, but I think we know everything, I think it gives us everything that we need to know here. Starting at 14, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. This is a good opportunity to correct John, our our resident uh, holy man in the Discord, was like, I think you added 10 pieces of silver in that. Because we talked about it in... Minus the mountain? I don't know. We talked about... We called it 40 pieces of silver. It's only 30. It's not 40 pieces of silver. I take full full responsibility for that. And assuming that each of those pieces is a standard pure Troy ounce, that would, in today's metal market, get you about 750 bucks. Which is... A car payment. Yeah, and a paltry <laughs> sum for betraying somebody. Yeah, so thank you, John, for correcting my ignorance. Thank you, Matthew26, for setting us on the path here. So it's basically Judas goes to the Romans, says, Hey, I'll get you this guy. I'll turn him over. Uh, what are you going to give me for it? They say, eh, 30 pieces of silver. They'll say $1,000, and he says, Make it 75 and you got a deal. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. He bartered down. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. He was on the prowl for an opportunity to let those soldiers know, it's this guy. Right. This one over here. Yeah. So we get to the lyrics. You just know it, don't you? You can sense it, can't you? There's always someone to spoil the party fun. You just know it, don't you? You can sense it, can't you? There's always someone to spoil the party fun. So that already, we are referring to some of the lines that come before and after those specific lines in Matthew. There's all this, Jesus has precognition of the fact that he's going to be betrayed. He knows it's going to be Judas. He makes all these allusions to it. He tells his disciples, this is going to be the last time that we see each other. I'm going to show you this cool trick with the bread and the wine because I'm not going to be here after this. So you have to remember this stuff. Yeah. There's a beautiful passage actually d- directly preceding this that, that I just love, which is they go to Bethany and they're at the house of Simon the leper. 
and a woman comes up to Jesus with an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat on the table. When his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. Kind of his Yoda moment. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. I assure you, I say to you, Mm. wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. And guess what? He's right. It was. Because we still talk about it. And then they said to Jesus, you're always so morose. Like, get off the death kick. Let's go do some praying or something. But God, no, I'm going to die. This is the meal for my funeral. Right. He's very... He's very Noel Fielding in this moment. Yes, he is. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I like it. He could play a mean Jesus. I'd love to see his Jesus. But so throughout all this, you know, so then this, I feel, is Judas, pre-betrayal, having agreed to it, looking at Jesus and being like, you know exactly what's going to happen, and you're just stone cold chilling. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty badass. But he, ultimately, what it boils down to is his dad's whispering in his ear, telling him what's going to happen. He knows it's inevitable. And he knows what he's sacrificing for. Right, exactly. The good of, of all mankind. And he is the, he's the example. He's, he's setting that example for everyone going forward, for the martyrs and the saints, et cetera, et cetera, you know. One thing that I find really fascinating is the, the verse, we're skipping over a verse to get to this one. A spy with coin, a coin of sweet betrayal of dagger hidden, black cloak unfurled, swayed perhaps by ideological obsession or plain detachment, dark other world. A spy with coin, a coin of sweet betrayal, of dagger hidden, black cloak unfurled, swayed perhaps by ideological obsession or plain detachment, dark other world. We never really, as far as I'm aware in the Bible, and, and I'm sure maybe someone can correct me, but I don't know why Judas did betray Jesus. Yeah, what's his motive? We've got the weapon, we've got the payment, we've got the confession, but this isn't very NCIS of us to not have a motive. One suggestion has been that Judas expected Jesus to overthrow Roman rule of Judea. In this view, Judas is a disillusioned disciple betraying Jesus, not so much because he loved the money, but because he loved his country and thought that Jesus had failed it. Uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. so Judas, that makes sense. So Judas says, okay, I followed you because I thought you were going to start a revolution and all you're doing is preaching love and kindness. Yeah. We need bricks. We need bricks. So, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Now I've heard another reading of this and this is 100% apocryphal that Jesus actually demanded of Judas that he betray him because he knew that it was his fate. Oh yeah. In fact, I think that might be in the there's a remember the, a while back there was a dead sea scroll found that was the the gospel according to Judas? I think so. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. 
I never know quite what the Dead Sea Scrolls are. They're scrolls that were found in a cave by the Dead Sea. Some old thing. But they keep discovering them? Are they finding new caves? The cave keeps going. They just keep going deeper and deeper. They keep finding new sea. That's it. Got it. Yeah, okay, so some of the scholarship around this text implies that Judas's mission was to hand over Jesus, and that in the Bible, the Greek word for it, to hand over, was mistranslated into betrayal. Okay, but he was still giving Jesus to the Romans, right? I mean, is that not, in essence, a betrayal anyway? I think Jesus saw, in this interpretation, that he needed to... He had done all he could in his earthly form. Gotcha. It was the Ben Kenobi. It was, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine moment. Gotcha. I get it now. Now that you put it in Obi-Wan Kenobi terms. Yeah. So he was <laughs> he was sacrificing himself. Exactly. And giving Judas the credit for it, I guess. Very strange. He ne- Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, that was to how to sell it to the, to the Romans. Otherwise, they would have, it wouldn't have been a proper sacrifice in a way. Hmm. Okay. He could have just walked into their pantry and said, hey, guys. But, you know, how many people were like, it's me, it's I'm the Jesus, because they didn't even know which one Jesus was. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So. Okay, then. Anyway, that's a little expansion of that line. But there's another interesting parallel here. So take this silver fillet rattle, comforting in pocket and comforting in mind. So take this silver fillet rattle. If we go back to Mrs. Tibbetts, mm, which is probably where I said 40 pieces of silver. Yes. Continue. Well, there's also, what if that Judas stole no kiss? What if that Judas stole no kiss? And then there is also, mindful day of peace and peace of mind. Mindful day of peace and peace of mind. And you're saying that applies here? That was... Or did you just pick a random line? <laughs> no, that's, that's what I was thinking relates. Just in terms of that's why Jesus sacrificed himself for peace? Just that this idea of this is how you justify something. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you justify dropping a bomb on people is to say, well, ultimately, this saves lives in the long run. The way you justify having betrayed your best friend is to reach in your pocket and feel those 30 pieces of silver and say, well, you know, at least I have this concrete thing to hold on to. Mm -hmm. That's the parallel I was trying to make. So one thing of note on this song in particular, this is one that seems to stick out from this album in that it doesn't go back and repeat a verse. They're all unique individual verses. I feel like some of the last couple have, like, they go back and do, like, the first verse or the last verse. They repeat it again. Hmm. This is all one solid whole story without repetition. Chorus aside, but... Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's pretty potent. I, I like that. I, I think it really it really has a good solid effect that it's all, like, it's the, the whole thing and nothing extra. No fluff. What do you make of the line of, you sealed my fate as goodly Joshua kind, the kind who played with fish and had his chips. You sealed my fate as goodly Joshua kind, the kind who played with fish and had his chips. Yeah, so Joshua kind is like Jesus Christ, obviously. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. It's old JC, JK. Played with his fish, he, he doubled the fish and the loaves. Right. 
Had his chips. Well, that's obviously a play on fish and chips, right? Right, right, right. Had his chips. To cash in your chips means is an allegory to die. Mm-hmm. But it also means to win. Mm-hmm. Chip on your shoulder, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. Jesus did not have the chip on his shoulder. Is it maybe an implication that that his presence, something that he did, put a chip on Judas's shoulder? Oh, I like all of that. That was beautiful. Yeah, that's the one that I, I love the wordplay on there, but I really had to kind of sit down and think about that one earlier. The part of it that gives me pause is you sealed my fate as goodly Joshua kind. It's almost, to me, it's mm. it's from Judas's perspective. You, Joshua kind, you as Joshua kind sealed my fate. I disagree. I think it's, I couldn't have been Jesus if you hadn't okay. sealed my fate, if you hadn't sold me. I like that. Because that was how he ascended into godhood. And like you said earlier, nobody knew who he was. He had, he had to be pointed out. Right. As Joshua Kind. He got the attention of everybody because he was up on the cross. I mean, this is another kind of moment, like with Baron Beth Wild Desert John, where we see Jesus was only able to be Jesus because of yeah. this guy who was already a hermit out in the desert wrestling with spirituality. He was only able to become Jesus because this guy, Judas, had every generation that came after him cursed by this betrayal, but was willing to do it anyway, perhaps out of love. Yeah. Or not. That being said, I want to we we start we talked a little bit about the the sound of the piece and how it ties into specific parts of this song. And you mentioned that verse that how does it feel to point the stabbing finger? How does it feel? Point the stabbing finger. It gets hard. It gets harsh. Yes. And clearly aggressively blaming with perfidious kiss from those deceiving lips. With perfidious kiss from those deceiving lips. I mean, it's not light, thankful sound or word choices here. No, it really, and the way Ian sings it, there's a lot of emotion behind it. It hits. So maybe... And slaps. It's, it also slaps. So that, in a sense, all of a sudden, the narrator comes out and says like a, a line or two in this song, and then we get thrust back in. All of a sudden, Ian puts his opinion in here really quick as kind of just an, an omniscient character describing everything that's going on. But then he, he says, oh, yeah, how does it feel to point the stabbing finger? That's Ian saying that. How does it feel to be a betrayer here? And then we go back to the more thankful side of you sealed my fate as goodly Joshua kind. I don't know. It's interesting what you bring up around whose voice is this narrative in? Yeah. Because on the one hand, you could make a very strong argument that it's all from the point of view of Joshua kind. Right. You just know it, don't you? You can yeah. sense that there's always somebody here. At the, uh, what did I do to so upset you? Did you feel so cruelly maligned to push you to this cold conclusion in the betrayal of Joshua Kind? What did I do to so upset you? Did you feel so cruelly, cruelly maligned to push you to this cold conclusion of the betrayal of Joshua Kind? So take this silver, feel it rattle. Should I be flattered at this price upon my head? Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. I do feel what you're saying, that it is... We do 
hear Ian's real opinion coming through here. And the fact that this song is set up earlier in the first song off the album, What If There Had Been No Betraying Kiss. Yeah. But, but that's one of those weird biblical conundrums where if he hadn't been betrayed, probably this wouldn't have taken off as a major religion or not in the same way. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have been able to say, oh, Jesus died for our sins. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> he, he started an Airbnb when he was 40. <laughs> Jesus retired and went fishing for the next 40 years. Yeah. He had a good nest egg he invested in in Google early. He went to the Mediterranean Sea once a year, had a couple of kids. Had a little olive plantation. It was great. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Nick, to say about the betrayal of Joshua Kind? I hesitate to ask, but do we see a modern day allegory here? Betrayal? Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Sacrificing yourself for the good. Someone sacrificing themselves, you know? Knowing that other people consider death to be a losing move, and in some cases it can be the winning move. Yeah, I mean, being the martyr for a movement, yeah. Yeah. Or even, not even necessarily, like, orchestrating their own death, but accepting the possibility of how dangerous their situation can be, and Mm -hmm. heaven forbid that it actually happened, it could still further the movement even more, you know, like we talked about last week. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr., you know. Had to be aware. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Had to be aware of the possibility of his own murder. I mean, that was, that kind of stuff was happening all the time. Yeah. In a far lesser degree, like presidents, you know, you, you, you know, it's a dangerous job. Sure. You know, and you're, you're leading the country and I certainly wouldn't call them a martyr had they been assassinated but i mean think about the lincoln right oh look at lincoln look at jfk or jfk yeah you know you don't get to necessarily decide if you're a martyr just because you die but i think what's genius about this whole situation is that jesus had set up kind of a win-win yeah kind of makes me think he's just like manipulative and crafty but i think it kind of i think the situation was right that all the pieces fell together for it to really work i mean life back then was shitty it's not hard to convince people like just be nice to people except for the people in power who get to be shitty to the people who want them to be nice yeah for them hey why don't we be nice to each other was disruptive enough that they were like we gotta kill this guy exactly yeah And he's talking about one God, and we have so many. Anything else to say about the betrayal of Joshua Kind, Nick? That is it for me. I think we covered a lot. I'm happy with it. It's a great song. Yeah, it's sweet and sad. Sweet and sour. Sweet and sour Jesus. Next week, I believe you know what the song is we are talking about. You guessed it last week, and we're incorrect. But you can guess it this week, mm-hmm. and then therefore be correct. It's Where Did Saturday Go? It's Gananga Gap, actually. <laughs> it is. Where Did Saturday Go? We're starting that really kind of triptych of really beautiful songs to wrap up the end of this album. And we've got Fisherman at the very end, but like... Yeah, it's, we, we kind of get into this sweet moment, and I think I mentioned it earlier. We go from that kind of 
reality-facing moment in the betrayal of Joshua Kind, this is how it has to be. Maybe I'm a little upset about it. I'm annoyed about it. I mean, Jesus was only human. Theoretically, technically, maybe? He was super annoyed. He was super annoyed. I get it. But he also accepted it. And I think we get into that acceptance and therefore get a little bit of a sweetness as the next songs progress. We also get more into, recording process-wise, the Ian specials, where he was finishing out the tracks mostly himself. That's right. Rather than the whole band having been involved. That's why they're so soft and sweet and acoustic, because that's what Ian does best on his own. That's not sarcasm. Like, that is a a factual statement. (laughs) If you find that there's always someone to spoil the party fun, why don't you join a party where no one spoils the fun? By that, I mean our Discord group, accessible through our Patreon. I just want to assure you that when you subscribe to our Patreon for 5 or $15 a month, none of those coins will go toward a betrayal. I just need you to know that. That's right. When you buy Talk Tall to Me merch, some of it has pockets in which you can place your silver. I won't give you any, but if you have it lying around, place that silver. Get your Talk Tall to Me merch at the link in the show notes, the link to TeePublic. How does it feel to point the stabbing finger at five different stars? Mm, mm, Point mm, out mm, those mm. five stars. Let everybody know. No perfidious kisses from you. Maybe from Omen if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. Give us that five-star rating and review, please. Until next week, you just know it, don't you? I'm Omen Thomas Sade. Until next week, what did I do to upset you, Nick McGill? We are playing with our fish and chips, the feckless momes. And inevitably, there's always someone to spoil the party fun, and that is Talk Tall to Me. Please step into my office, young man. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pilot, for seeing me. Scotch? Uh, Judas, was it? It is. I've never had it. I can't afford it, so, um... I'll pour you a double cigar. Uh, I mean, sure, if you... Take two of them. Smoke one with each of your mouths. (sighs) So, I understand you, uh, have a proposition (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's that Galilean oh, leaf. It's strong. It's strong. Uh, yeah. No, I mean the word is going. I mean, it's not really. It's not really a secret. You guys are. Mm-hmm. You guys are looking for, for Jesus, right? Oh, Jesus Christ! Yes, we're looking for him. Yeah. You know, it was fine when he was just out in the desert, but now that he's in town, people are starting to talk, and it just pops up everywhere. Everywhere I want to build a road, there's Jesus. Every time I want to flay some people alive. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Don't even know what he looks like. I get it. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's, he kind of blends in, you know, long hair, beard, sandals, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you all look, look at me. Same. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We do. Uh, so, so I have a proposition. 
Um, how I'm listening. How about I point them out to you? Oh. Right, so you can you can get it taken care of. Um, but I. I like this. I like this. I. I, I mean, I. I feel like this is a valuable service. I don't really want to do it. Oh, for I see. Free. I see. I see. I see. I think we understand each other, Judas. So you were saying, uh, what if you accidentally? pointed out Jesus to us, maybe we get a hold of him, what if you accidentally get a deposit in your account, by which I mean your pockets? Right, I, my, my Swiss bank account is just this Swiss toga, yeah. I'm gonna write a number mm -hmm. on this stone tablet okay. and slide it over to you. Okay. Can I get another hammer here? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah, what do you think of that? X, X, X. Triple X, baby. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what's the currency though? I mean, it could be 30 anything, oh. you know? <laughs> I'm talking XXX Silver Roman Denalis. Denaris. <laughs> Seven Roman Denalers. 30, 30 Roman... Denaris. Denaris. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm sold. I'm not even going to haggle with you. That's great. That's, I mean, I, I've got a child to support, at least one. I've probably got another on the way. Jimmy, Jimmy, get the Denali bag. And get it over to Miss uh, Mr. Mr. Jadis over here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So now, uh, now, J Man, yeah. um, how are you gonna how are you gonna let us know which one he is? Because you know all the all the religious kinds. They you know it's the robe, like you said, the hair, the right, beard. Yeah. You know they all smell the same. What, what, what are we What are we talking here? I mean, I'll just I'll just point at him. You know. Oh, you point. Oh, you oh you point you point to a man in the crowd. Do you know how bad my eyesight is? I couldn't. I listen. I think we're gonna need something a little bit more specific. Okay. There's there's XXX. You're right. Units of currency. It's on the line. I, You're right. I, you get what you pay for, and I want more. Okay, I understand. I get it. Uh, what about if I pin a piece of paper on a, the back of his robe? Oh, now that's interesting. But now, um, I see a lot of people with, with pins stuck to them. Some of them say "kick me." Some of them say "Aphrodite is a whore." Some say "Jesus Christ." Yeah, I got Some it. Some say Jesus Christ. I got it. Okay. Yeah, what do we? What do we, it needs something unique? A sib, a signal of some kind. A firm handshake. Firm, distinct. Ah, you know what if you what if you forget? What if you shake the orange seller hand? Let me kill another orange seller. Okay, a uh, handshake where I tickle the his palm, in the Difficult in the midst to see of from the a distance. You're right. You're right. You're right. Difficult. I. Uh, fun. Fun. I'm always down for that. But difficult to see from a distance. What else you got? What else you got? Hear me out. Okay, I'm listening. No homo. What if I kiss okay. him? Ooh. Okay, tongue? I mean, do you demand it for 30? I feel like I'm providing for you a service. So, I mean, if you... Listen, a kiss, a kiss, uh, at this rate, I gave away five currency pieces for a kiss, for a regular kiss. Yeah, I right. think, I, you know, for for 30, for XXX silver. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you know, it's got to be at least some time. I mean, I could... I can... I guess I could do a little tongue. I guess. I mean, yeah. He's yeah. He's very open bit. and forgiving. Um, That's great. He will not yeah. ask me to suck his tongue like uh, other religious figures. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe. What if? What if I do a little scoop, a little butt scoop in the process? Of okay. The you know. Little... Yes. Yes. To show me that because uh, with all the walking, we were looking for someone with a firm, a firm butt. That man has firm serious buttons. glutes. 
Okay, yeah. yeah, you show them off to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could maybe you could spread them a little bit. Just a just a little wide. Just a little But you know, Judas, no, what, 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 here's what? the here's the thing. What? Here's the thing. Here in Judea, I see men squeezing each other's butts all the time. I, it's got to be something that, I know, that you I know, know. You, once in a blue moon. I could go down to the red light district and see, and for 30, you know what I could get for 30XX? X? I mean, I've never. It's XXX. Oh, okay. Okay. That's valid. That's valid. I mean, I have seen him with a yellow handkerchief yeah. tied around his okay. neck. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Get the high ground. Yeah. Little. Drink a lot of water. Yep, 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 yep. Raining golden manna from heaven onto our boy. But he he's always has the disciples with him. It'll be hard to get just him, you know? Okay, 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 I like this, okay. Have you thought about, have you heard about the, what we like to call the Roman Gordian knots? I've not. How flexible are you, Judas? I mean, I, I've done a lot of walking with him, so I mean, we I, I get my workouts, yeah. Okay, so here's where we're, let me show you how it's done. Okay. Uh, Fallacious, come over here. So you see, I, I've got my my left leg yep. wrapped around Fallacious's right leg. Okay. Okay. And then I scoop underneath like this. I, sometimes the armor gets in the way. Wow. Reach up, grab him by the neck. Yep. 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 That way, my my left whiskers on his nipple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And his beard is visiting Demeter in the underworld. You know what I mean? The flexibility there, I do really have to say, like the control, the core yep. control yep. there. Yeah, I'm not sure I could do that. I mean, we, okay, we okay. do a lot of cardio, but there's the flexibility. Okay. We don't really do the yoga, you know? Okay, how about... Okay. Okay, have you ever seen a film called Dirty Dancing, Judas? Dirty Dancing. Yeah. It was playing at the Roman cinema. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so what I need you to do is run toward Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's going to lift you up in his strong, manly arms. That's it. Do a flying swan motion. Yep, yep, yep. And then, it, and then he dips you yep, uh -huh. down into a snuggle position yes. and he holds you close yes and he whispers into your ear uh-huh talk to me as a proud member of the feckless moms audio network yeah i can do that and then we and then we kill him i can definitely do that yeah okay so it's a pleasure doing business with you i'll see you in a month it's a business doing pleasure with you